0: You're listening to Finding Fortitude, a podcast that aims to help former athletes take good care of their minds and bodies through sustainable, evidence-based health habits. I'm your host, Dr. Tori Williams, a physical therapist, coach, and fellow former athlete who is ready to be part of the change in healthcare and who is on a mission to learn and share about all things health and well-being so that you can be equipped with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. As a reminder, nothing shared on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Let's get started. All right. So welcome back to Finding Fortitude. Today I have a special guest with me that I'm really excited for you to meet. We met over Instagram, actually, which I guess is pretty normal in this day and age. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I'm a huge fan of the work she's doing with former, uh, four former athletes, and I think you will be too. So let's welcome to the pod, Megan Bruder. Megan. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. Oh my uh, gosh.
1: It's my favorite to meet people on Instagram.
0: It's the best. Honestly, I, It's it's been really cool to meet a lot of really cool people <laughs> over yeah. Instagram uh, that I would have never met otherwise. So thank you, Instagram, mm-hmm. for that one. Mm -hmm. Um, do you mind telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, like, including your, you know, your athletic background and what you're up to these days?
1: Yeah. So my athletic background is in swimming. Um, I swam from the time I was, geez, three or four years old up until all the way through my senior year in college. So I went to FAU, Florida Atlantic University, which is in Boca Raton, Florida, and honestly, I chose that school because it was a co-ed team, which is super specific to swimming, um, like no other sports. And I realized this: no other sports practice with the guys. And I always felt drawn to that because I have two older brothers who just really hit the nail on the head anytime I needed, <laughs> I needed it. Um, so training with the guys was always something that I enjoyed doing. And that was how I ended up at FAU, um, throughout there. I mean, it it honestly was just, I majored in exercise science, really thought I was going to go into PT and be like my lovely lady Tori right here, (laughs) but (laughs) that just didn't happen. And, um, I pivoted and went into sales and, kind of took off from there. But yeah, my athletic experience was very normal and nothing too crazy. Mm, that's good. Yeah.
0: That's a good thing. Yeah. What, uh do you mind me asking if you had like any major injuries or anything that you dealt with while you were playing sport?
1: So I didn't have any major injuries. Um, thankfully, swimming is a fairly safe sport. And what's funny is almost all the injuries on our team happened outside of the pool. Mm. Like we would play uh, frisbee or ultimate frisbee and somebody would break their arm or something. Like nothing would happen in the pool besides overuse injuries, which is so prominent um, throughout swimming, because just think of the amount of repetitions your arms are doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) similar to softball and baseball, right? And like pitching and throwing Mm -hmm. and that. I just remember like getting out of the pool one time and just crying to my coach and saying like, all my tendons are so inflamed right now. There's like no amount of ice, no amount of anything that can help. What I wish I knew or wish my coaches told me then was rest. Mm
0: Mm-hmm
1: which is just not the name of the game in college sports.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's, yeah, you're speaking to my soul there. That is, as a softball player, definitely something that came up a lot. And it was, I mean, obviously a grind. And you aren't told by coaches as much to rest. And I also think that we probably aren't doing as good of a job as we could be in preparing athletes for those kinds of loads over season, right? I think in, in the off season, there's a huge responsibility from strength coaches and coaches alike and, you know, rehab teams to keep an eye out for those things. Um, so that we're really making sure that those athletes are as prepared as possible, um, to go into season with that amount of reps, but it is a very hard thing. I'm not, you know, it's not easy to do. And I do think, getting enough rest during the off season is another big piece of that. You know, again, zooming out and load load management, but yeah.
1: What's crazy is like the rest on off season. You almost get looked at as lazy. Mm -hmm. If you're the one on the team that comes back, not in shape, you're the one that's going to, you're going to get put through the ringer both by the team and the coaches. So there is that, kind of stigma on the people who do take rest. Yep. Hence why we don't. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And and there is such a fine balance between rest and like, you know, like you mentioned preparation, right? Or I think it's, we do want to be prepared when you come back for the start of the season, but what does that look like? And are you incorporating enough rest in the off season and also during season when you get a chance to, Are is the coaching staff giving you a rest day? <laughs> Um, which they should be. Are they in, talking about the importance of sleep, um, and not you know and moderating alcohol intake mm-hmm. and 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 looking at your stress and providing stress management opportunities and looking at your nutrition because all of those things will then impact kind of how your physical body does during season. Yeah. So when it came down to those like overuse injuries. What was there a solution or what, uh, what did that look like for you from a rehab perspective at that time? So
1: I felt like I was just always in the athletic training room, um, doing as far as rehab, it was, you know, strengthening the muscles around those joints. So a lot of, little movements that you would typically see as boring um (laughs) unfortunately yes but they're the most important so whether that's like just you know external internal rotation of the shoulder um it was all the way down to like my knees and hips and just ankles from like flapping my feet around everywhere Uh (laughs) so just everything yeah taking marbles off of the, I remember oh, doing that with my, hate toes. those, hate yeah. those so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Been there and have prescribed that before. <laughs> yeah. Hate both sides of it. Yep. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So a lot of time in the athletic training room and that's how I remember it as an athlete too. Um, yeah. Uh, it. You just before and after every practice and every game, that's where you spent yeah. your time.
1: And they would prescribe like an ice bath after every practice. And it's interesting how the the studies on that have changed, though, that it actually doesn't really in reduce inflammation. It more like provides the dopamine rush and all those other things that, you know, just looking back, that's kind of dated. Mm -hmm. to do a nice bath after every practice
0: (laughs) yeah not to mention like I mean you get used to it but like kind of awful (laughs) yeah to put you through that but yeah I mean and some people still love it and they swear by it and because it feels good and if that's something that at the end of your day you really enjoy because it helps you decompress and it has other benefits I don't think that's such a bad thing to do um honestly and so I think we kind of have this clashing of, okay, what is the evidence telling us that's a good use of the athlete's time, but also like, what does the athlete and enjoy? And if they perceive a benefit, then maybe it's worth it to do. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things that we've been finding that for a long time, we just did because we thought it was what we needed to do. And we thought it was what was best. And that was going to help us recover and heal and be back the next day. Yeah. And we just don't have the evidence for a lot of those things. But again, I don't think we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think it's just about, okay, how much time do we have? And is it worth my time? For sure. Okay. So thank you for telling me a little bit more about your time in sports. What was it like for you then transitioning to life after sport?
1: Yeah. So I, I had an internship throughout my senior year with uh once i decided that physical therapy is not for me i'm going into sales um, i leaned into the career center and i just told them hey i want to do some form of medical sales at least i'll still get to stay in that medical realm um so he mentioned to me hey there's a pharmaceutical sales company that's going to be there and i just went with my hair and a wet bun and right from practice and met the owner and applied and got it so amazing i was just super super lucky with that um so i did have an internship throughout my senior year it's funny i was originally just thinking you know just a three month in between right and he's like oh we'll work with your schedule and i'm like do you know what my schedule is like you sure <laughs> We're going to work with my schedule. I don't know what that means. (laughs) So so yeah, it was was practice, get dressed in business casual clothes, go to the office, come back. And it was pretty crazy my senior year. Um, But I think that really set me up for a good transition out. I'd say where I didn't expect, the things that I didn't expect are how sedentary I was throughout the day right? Even throughout my senior year, I was running around class, practice, work, et cetera. And then it just became work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, um, you know, what, what do I do with this? And I, I was expecting myself to be more busy, but then I was less busy because it was just nine to five. And then I had all these extra things, extra hours mm-hmm. to do what with. Um, as far as finding exercise i leaned into uh like a class like hit training class at 45 and i really enjoyed that for my time um but the other thing that i really struggled with was the environment that i was around i realized that the people in a sales setting are not the same type of people on your team mm. and you know the way that you make friends in corporate world or in sales can be over happy hours and typically over a lot of drinking (laughs) um which coming out of college you can lean into that really easily and you can go down that path really easily if it means that you're gonna gain friends or be in with the crowd whatever that looks like but uh that sent me down a lot of different paths that i would say i regret but at the same time i learned a lot from it so mm. that was my transition out and you know once i found a reason to work out again i started signing up for triathlons that's when life kind of changed i i found a new group of humans who were exercising and into more health and uh, it it saved me for sure mm.
0: And I think that's so important that that piece of who we're around and who we surround ourselves with either intentionally or unintentionally has such a huge impact. And when we're used to being around like-minded individuals who are working toward a common goal, and that involves movement and keeping yourself healthy, Mm -hmm. there's kind of this, like, there's this motivation to be just like the people you're around and i think that's such a huge point about life after sport that a lot of us underestimate is that finding that new crowd and who you surround yourself with can be challenging which is why i think you created the rooted athlete right can you talk a little bit more about what that is and and how that helps former athletes yeah so the rooted
1: athlete is a brand that i created really to just focus on the fact that no matter what, we are always going to have these athletic traits and they are our roots, right? Like we shouldn't just let go of the fact that we were an athlete. And I think that we should use the fact that we were an athlete to really propel us forward and to grow beyond sport. Um, So within the rooted athlete, I, I, host events. I try to do this a little bit more locally so that people can meet each other in person um, and I'm located in South Florida so if anybody's listening, hit me up mm-hmm. and um, we'll we'll hang out but yeah so that's really it It's just creating community and really just helping people prepare for that transition.
0: Mm, I love that finding your new community and again those like-minded people that's huge. Maybe I'll uh, have to talk you into doing an event out in California sometime so that we can I'm totally down. We can do that. Get our <laughs> California peeps involved. That'd be great.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. Um. And so then recently you've been through another life transition yes. of becoming a mother. Can you talk a little bit about what that's been like for you?
1: Yeah. So... What's interesting is the lead up to change was kind of the craziest part, right? And especially with something like becoming a mom or, you know, being pregnant, you know, you know, in those last four to five weeks, like your life is going to change. You just don't know when. And how do you prepare for that is I really just leaned into the things that I love doing and honestly lessened my plate a little bit because, which was hard, mm-hmm. very hard. Um, in those early, you know, well, I guess you could say those late weeks of pregnancy, you still want to keep doing everything that you've been doing. And in real estate, you know, if you're prospecting and really finding clients, that can a few months later come to fruition and you need to service them. So me having to like kind of scale back So that I would have time to take care of this human was the way that I uh, at least prepared somewhat for this. Um, As far as once he was here, um, you know, you have to find time to do stuff for yourself. And I'm very lucky to have my fiance works from home as well. So that's been very, you know, we've been having a very good cohesive relationship to, I guess you could say partnership to really take care of this new human, but really just finding the time to prioritize movement. I will say there in the first, like, say six weeks, movement was not something I wanted to do. And I felt There were many times I had mental breakdowns about, I'm not productive. What am I doing? I'm just sitting here and feeding a human. And other people listening would be like, "Um, you're feeding a human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) However, when you're in it, it's like you feel so unproductive. And I think that was just the athlete in me who needs to be running around Mm -hmm. to feel productive. Mm and that has been an adjustment that I've had to, you know, just have a mindset shift. A lot of the transitions are just mindset shifts and, um, that's kind of where I'm at now.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's just changing the pace, right. And allowing yourself to slow down as definitely something I see a lot, even the clients that I work with too, that finish sport and, Years down the line, they're still like, but I'm not doing enough, you know, I'm not exercising enough. And it's like, well, yeah, actually, you ha- you work a full-time job. Uh, you are taking care of a small human, and you know, you're taking care of a sick family member, and you know, all of these things. And it's like, I think you're doing plenty. In fact, you might need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really hard thing, I think, for us to kind of settle into a new pace of life. And I'm just so glad that you've been able to find that pace for you and find a way to take care of yourself. And of course, the little human that you are yeah. sustaining. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's been more than a blessing and we are insanely lucky. I just want to acknowledge that because... I know the path to pregnancy and to motherhood for a lot of people can be tough. And I just want to acknowledge that that's okay too. Um, there are people that try for years and years. And, you know, that's just the way that it is sometimes. And it doesn't mean that you're lesser than, it doesn't mean any of that. Um, but just know that your time is your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And your journey and your pace is the right one. Yeah. Um. And I think that's another one. We tend to compare ourselves a lot, both to our former selves, but also to others around us. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. Definitely. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. And in order to wrap this up, I like to ask if there's anything that's been on your mind lately or anything that you want to share about your experience um as a former athlete or as anything else that you think the listeners should know or should hear
1: yeah so goodness i feel like i could go on forever of course right because there's so much to unravel in that transition but i think just surrounding yourself like we touched on earlier surrounding yourself with human to get you is Going to pay dividends in the rest of your life because hmm. it, they say that you are like the five people you surround yourself with, but it's really hard to actually realize that. Or, you know, other people can see it more than you can. I think um, so. Also, just listen to the people around you. Um, they they can see things from the outside that you might not be able to see. So,
0: yeah, I think that's it. I love that. And I think that's that's where we'll leave it off. It's a great place to stop. So uh, where can people find you if they want to connect or learn more about the Rooted Athlete?
1: Definitely. So mostly we're on Instagram. Hence, where me and Tori Matt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: best it's the it's
1: best, the best. <laughs> uh yeah you can find us on instagram at the rooted athlete and you can find our podcast on all plat- podcast platforms the rooted athlete podcast so uh that's mostly where we are awesome. and we hope to see you there
0: awesome yes we just finished up an interview for the rooted athlete podcast too so yeah. uh definitely go check it out uh, we'll have a little reversal of roles here, uh, and thanks, thanks again, Megan, for being here with your little one and all the things you have going on. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here.
1: Of course, Tori, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Finding Fortitude podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a rating or review below, or share this episode with someone you love. Take good care of yourself.